Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat podcast. As you know, this is where we talk about anything safety management, safety related, or topics how we can possibly do our jobs just a little bit more effectively. And one thought came to mind, just kind of a little background. So I was in Austin a few days ago and teaching an emergency response course. And it came up how important communication is in the emergency response. We can actually extrapolate that and say how important communication is in safety management or even just in organizational dynamics altogether. That communication plays a key role. Communication is part of building the culture in an organization. Communication is part of setting the norms. And communication, I think, as you can tell is just a pinnacle part of everything that we do in the organization. When we talk about communication, something that comes to mind is motivating language theory, abbreviated as MLT. Motivating language has uh, gained a lot of traction over the last decade as far as research and how motivating language can mediate positive effects of leadership and how it can result in good outcomes. But motivating language is important because what it does, it distinguishes different types of language used in different situations for different types of workers. So it's almost like a contingency theory in language. The language that's talked about in motivating language, uh, three of them actually, there's this uh, affective or emotional type language. There is a vision casting type language, and then there is a direction giving type language. That's what came up in the emergency response course is the importance of even those three just in that particular particular frame of reference. So even, even just an emergency response, those three types of language become very important at different aspects. So let me give you an example. When you first have an emergency or you first have an event, there's things that have to be done. Obviously, there's going to be emotions and there's going to be angst and just a lot going on and fairly chaotic, I think it'd be fair to say. In this instance, the idea of direction giving language is important. So direction giving language is, as you can expect, it's like, do this, do this, do this, and do that. It's very curt. It's very to the point. And it is very important to help people get through, especially uncertainty. So as a leader, as you are as a safety leader, especially during a, a highly complex or chaotic situation where a lot's going on and people need to focus, the use of direction giving language is going to be important. It's going to be important to get everybody on the same page and get down the road and what you want to do. Here's the thing. If direction giving language is not required or even desired, it can have a negative impact. So let's imagine just normal everyday situations and you have a knowledge worker, right? A worker that's expected to develop knowledge or figure things out that it takes creativity, it takes experience. So generally with those types of workers or those types of tasks, direction giving language is often ill-received. In fact, people can refer to that as micromanaging. You're trying to give direction when people know what direction they need to take or they're trying to figure out what direction to take because that's their job. As far as being a knowledge worker, being creative, they determine the direction that it needs to take. So in that case, the type of language you'd want to use is vision casting language. And this is important even as safety managers to use this type of language where you cast a vision, you cast where we want to be, you cast how we want our safety management system to operate. Even to managers, we cast to them, this is the type of things that I really need you to do to support the safety management system. In some cases, you know, especially in early 
aspects, you're going to have to give direction giving language, you know, as far as participation in the safety management system. But after that, just cast the vision of the importance of safety management and how important their participation is. And on a higher level, when you're communicating with a knowledge worker, when you cast a vision, you're basically setting, you're establishing an ideal, you're establishing a goal. Then with the knowledge worker, it's up to him or her then to determine the direction, the best way to fulfill that goal. So this idea of vision casting language is so incredibly important, especially in our everyday job. It's a difference when we're trying to promote the safety management system. It's a difference between walking up to somebody and saying, you know what, if you have this report, you need to, or if you have this event, you need to submit this type of report. I need you to report it within so many hours. You're kind of giving direction versus, hey, you know, your participation, if you have any events, your participation is so incredibly important so we can find out, you know, any causal factors where the system may have failed you and so on and so forth. That's a lot different than saying we need you to report uh, when you have this situation within this amount of time. That's very direction giving. We can try that in everyday interactions of this notion of casting the vision of safety and safety management. And outside of safety, if you ever find yourself in that position, if you find yourself in a leadership and a department position down the road, if you move out of safety, remember that. So a lot of the workers, especially in flight departments, pilots, mechanics, they're going to be knowledge workers. They're going to be ones that understand at the task level. What we need to do is motivate them motivating language, we need to motivate them to reach a higher goal or we need to reach a higher objective. And we do that with vision casting language. Now, the last type of language that's important is affective type language. And this is emotional based language. This is very personal. So this is, you know, you walk up to somebody, hey, how's your wife or your significant other, your husband, how are your kids, your dog, your cat, you know, connecting with them on an emotional and not necessarily a professional, even on professional level. How's it going here at work? How are you feeling? Are you feeling well taken care of? It's being able to connect with that person, like I said, said on an emotional level and also applying empathy or this emotional component. Let's take it into the case of the emergency response. This type of language is going to be very important, especially after the initial response when people are trying to heal. And it's very important that we use emotional based language in our communications with those individuals. And as such, that will help us connect with them and understand how they're coping, how they're dealing with it. And that's going to be very motivating to them. And they're going to see you as the leader, as somebody that they care about about or that you care and somebody that they can trust. As you know, trust is extremely important when it comes to safety and safety management. So let's talk about a combination of those. When we went through the pandemic, uh, motivating language really came to the forefront. How to communicate was very important. So let me take a sidebar here and saying that when we try to communicate via email, it's not so bueno. These types of language, except for direction giving, are very hard to communicate through email because of the fact that it's just words on paper. There's no body language associated with it. There's no unspoken message uh, associated with it. So it's very cold, very hard. In fact, there was research done where a virtual organization that communicated solely with email, they found that trust was very degraded, very weak when email was the only form of communication. So the use of other technologies mediated interactions such as, you know, Zoom, FaceTime, you'd want to make it synchronous, meaning live as opposed to asynchronous recorded. But when it comes to really leveraging motivating language, you know, even if it's on Zoom or FaceTime or whatever it may be, or in person, which wasn't possible during the pandemic, that is a lot better than, like I said, email or even something recorded. When we were in a situation such as the pandemic, like I said, motivating language became very important. So this was when we found, I actually did a, a little experiment here, talked to an organization, a couple organizations around where I live, and asked what was the message that was communicated during the pandemic. So now if you remember the pandemic created 
generated a lot of angst in our safety culture surveys. We found people had a lot of uncertainty, a high level of uncertainty of what the future was going to be, a lot of angst about losing proficiency, and this was in the case of pilots. There was just a lot of confusion, angst, and anxiety. The organizations that did nothing. I shouldn't say did nothing. I mean, they continued on with business, but they went virtual, obviously. And maybe there was normal communication through email, or they try to supplement normal communication through email. But there was really nothing from leadership. Those organizations, people had higher levels of anxiety and lower levels of trust, and which obviously created a lot of conflict, a lot of disassociation. So people from their organizations, they felt disassociated, they felt alienated, just really didn't know what the future would hold. Now, those organizations that combined vision casting and affective language did very well. And then also the communication frequency played a huge part in how well these organizations did. So it was the case where the leader, in one case of an FBO in the local area here, I asked him, what was your message during this? And talking to all employees through the COVID, they felt they were always going to be fine. They felt that there was going to be recovery, just a matter of when. And they never feared for losing their job, wondering if the, if the sky was going to fall the next day. But so asking the leader how he communicated, he basically said that he would at least two to three times a week, but try daily, send, send the message um, either in person or or email, which isn't ideal, but uh, it kind of worked in this case. Everything's going to be fine. We, the company, are going to get through this. Uh, we're making these changes. We're going to have to ask for sacrifices from everybody, which was the norm at that time. But we are going to be fine. We will recover and we'll be a stronger organization for it. That is very strong vision casting language. And then the fact that when he did visit the departments and even the managers, they would check in with their people, you know, at home regularly because, again virtual <laughs> pandemic, it would be, how's everybody at home? Anybody catch COVID? How are you faring? How are you feeling? And that's very effective language. So those two together were very effective and useful during that time of uncertainty. We go back to what we have in the organization. If we have times of uncertainty, if we have a macro scale event, you know, such as like a war or another pandemic or a mesoscale or even micro scale in our organization, remember those two types of languages, especially when we have an emergency. In the beginning, it's very important to have that direction-giving language, just to get everybody on the same page, to get things moving down the road, to get through the accident. As the initial response starts winding down or starts becoming under control, that idea of vision-casting language is very important. Okay, we're going to get through this. We're going to learn from this. We're going to take care of our people. We're going to take care of the families. Eventually, we are going to recover as a stronger organization as a result of this. And then that affective-based language, when we're talking to our employees, when we're talking to the families, asking how are they, how are you doing on the personal level. This has nothing to do with the goals or aspirations of the organization. It has to do with the person. And that is who we're focusing on in affective-based language. So those three types of language, I think, are very important. Another tip here, too, especially during times of chaos and using vision casting language, communication density or communication frequency is very important. And I will tell you, kind of going back to the pandemic, those organizations that didn't communicate at all or communicated very sparsely, I was in one prior to the pandemic. Under normal operations, the leadership didn't communicate at all. I mean, if at all, maybe once a month. If there is that lack of frequency, even if it's not necessarily vision casting or affective, anything, anything, if it's not there, that is going to really impact trust. Their people are going to be wondering where their leaders are. Naturally, people are going to do what they need to do to get the job done. And then what makes things worse, and this is, again, from personal experience, and I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but what makes things worse is that when the leader does show up and 
start giving direction-giving language after being absent for a month when your knowledge worker was creating his or her own direction, that is very, very poorly received. And people will rebuke that and they will <laughs> they will take that very personally. Some people call it the seagull style of management where you don't see them and then all of a sudden they show up, make a mess of everything and then take off. So be careful of that. Most importantly, I want you to consider these three types of, of these three types of motivating language that are in this language theory, which are vision casting, affective based, and then direction giving. All three are important at the right time. If we gave vision casting language at a time when people needed direction, that would also create confusion and uncertainty. So each of those three should be applied at the right time at the right place. I hope this was helpful to you, especially when we think about communicating and how important it is to us to have an effective safety management system and more specifically, as we talked about, a more effective response to any emergency that we might have. I know I put this in the context of emergency response, but anything, anything related to change, even in an organization, when we have change management, that's something else. You might want to consider, okay, well, how do we communicate in the different stages of change management? Maybe early in the change when we we have to get things done and we have to check boxes, direction giving may be more important, but you might also want to supplement that, or I shouldn't say supplement, but you might also want to pair that with vision casting language, you know, saying this is where we're headed and therefore we have to do X, Y, and Z. So that's also very important as well. Once a change is in place, asking people on the, on the personal level, how, how's a change affecting you? How are you feeling? You know, I, I know we don't like change and change can sometimes be disconcerting, especially if it impacts what that individual is doing, but to ask them on the emotional level, you know, how's it going? on the personal level, how's it going? So these motivating language theory can apply to any situation where we have to communicate. It is up to us as leaders to determine what is the appropriate type of language that we need to use in the system. Be careful though, because again, we have to be cognizant about it because if we use the wrong type at the wrong time, as I demonstrated, that can create conflict. So something else to think about, something I think that will help us do a little bit better and be better communicators. I appreciate you listening as always. I love the fact that you're tuning in and listening. Would love your feedback. If you like this podcast, uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, please go ahead and click that like button. Give us a good rating only if we deserve it, but um, let us know. And again, I appreciate all of you. Uh, thank you so much for what you do in keeping the system safe and until the next podcast, stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.